Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 62 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by an absolutely fabulous actress who also happens to be one of Waterloo Road's favourite teachers. Please welcome to the podcast, Camilla Power. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Really well. Really I'm, I'm well. I'm glad to hear it. Genuinely, it feels like I've spent the past year being like, how are you? And everyone's like, oh, depressed. Yeah, don't know what I'm doing <laughs> with my life. And we've got to the point now where I Everyone that I'm asked, they're like, oh, I'm doing really well. I'm getting things back going. I'm back out seeing friends. And genuinely, it's making my life a bit easier. I'm like, oh, so because it's like, you know, when so many people just tell you all of their problems and you start to carry them a little bit. Oh, God, totally. Yes. Yeah. And at least we've actually been stuff now. We've all got something to talk about yeah. rather than what we had for lunch or how much wine we've drunk. <laughs> well, I, I'll still talk about how much wine we've been drinking. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just oh, I'm. I've. It's a school night. I've got uni tomorrow, but I will watch you indulge. <laughs> I've got assessments it's my, it's that my... needed to be handed in tomorrow. Oh, have you? Oh, gosh, bless you. Okay. It's one yeah. of those ones where you're like, we need your lighting cues and your sound cues and um, your script annotated. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I, I said to my friend earlier, like, my weekend's been that busy because I had headshots today and I had to get loads of like I had to go shopping for clothes because apparently I own nothing without a logo on the front right like, <laughs> didn't realize that and I was like this weekend's been so busy I'm gonna need another weekend to just like get over it <laughs> like as silly as that sounds but have you been up to anything exciting or anything that we're allowed to talk about recently yeah so I had I had a really I had a nice summer actually um it was really cool because kind of everything having been deadly quiet, nothing really going on and sort of um, everyone twiddling their thumbs. Suddenly, as I suspected, it sort of went a bit nuts and everyone went, yeah. oh, my God, we've got to make content. We haven't got because um, we were all like it was quite funny, actually, because I, I found I was getting royalties for things that I did in 1785. <laughs> um, <laughs> where I was going, Jesus, people really are bored. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I think there's like there's been a lot I think it's quite exciting because there's quite a lot that's that's been made over the summer that will be coming out soon um obviously show trial which which um uh, yeah playing pretty nasty character and um uh was great fun and um and then trigger points the Jed Mercurio one which is coming out next next year I think again I don't know I'm always the last to know when these things are going to be put out so yeah there's been quite quite a lot going on and um yeah, it's been a nice, a nice end to all the sort yeah. of, um, you know, just the staying at home and kind of looking at four walls. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really uh-huh. nice to hear, though, that you were getting royalties for things that you had been in years ago, because I know right at the beginning of lockdown when Shameless, um, the UK version, got put onto Netflix, because that was made so long ago and streaming wasn't really a thing back then. There was nothing like that in any of their contracts. Oh, and- so I remember there was a big um, debacle on Twitter with Samantha Siddall, who played one of the main parts. And I don't know how familiar you are with Shameless, but they were getting nothing. Oh, goodness. Apparently that's been rectified. But it's nice to know that some people aren't getting messed about just, you know, from the offset. And I mean, to be honest with you, you don't, as an actor, you don't really know until it 
until you get told and it comes through the door kind of thing because you don't know I mean I don't know who's watching what and yeah. when you know I haven't got a clue um and um but it is it is quite funny it's it's quite funny you get you you know the odd 13 pence for Narnia <laughs> when you were 13 years old um you're like you know goodness me that was sort of 35 years ago nearly and uh um, still still going um but yeah no it's quite it's quite interesting it's quite interesting as always it's always funny as well when you look at where in the world things have been sold to the slightly random countries and you think goodness me they obviously like costume dramas in Somalia yeah. um, it's, um, it's, it's always a bit of a a bit of an eye-opener but um but yes no I think everyone's just been watching I mean I I tend to do that thing now where I I'll be watching I'll, I'll sort of look at Sky and I'll go through Netflix I'll go through Amazon and I actually have to text a friend and go what shall I watch next? Because yeah. I get so overwhelmed by the choice. We're going to talk about royalties now. I feel like you're going to get a bit of an influx of royalties soon from Waterloo Road because it's coming back and I feel like every man and their dog is going to go yeah. back and watch everything. That's a very good point. So I feel like you could become a very rich woman. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> might be a stretch but yes okay I, I I will um yeah I'll look forward to those yes I was quite kind of um I was quite kind of surprised because I can't remember where I saw it but it was the other day and they said bringing it back and I was like mm. wow okay somebody told me on this podcast and I didn't listen to them because I, I think it might have been I can't remember exactly who it was I think it might have Right, yeah. Somebody told me Waterloo Road was coming back and I was like, you wouldn't just tell me that because it's not been announced and I'm a nobody. And then I had <laughs> on the podcast. Right. And she was like, yeah, no, it's coming back. And I was like, inside scoop, I don't know what to do with this information. This was before any of it had been announced. And I was kind of like, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus for leaking it, but I kind of want to get myself in all of the newspapers <laughs> for this. But you were there from sort of the beginning of Waterloo Road. Yeah. What was it like? Because in all honesty, I grew up with Waterloo Road, but I think I might have just been too young just to catch that first series. Damn you. <laughs> no, but I went back because it all got put on iPlayer and I went back right. and watched the first series. And I was I... like, who's Lorna? Who's this cat? I can't remember the lady's name. Um, the cat that um, Jill Halfpenny's character. Izzy, Izzy. And I was like, who are these people? Like, obviously, I knew who Claw and Mika and that were. And I, I was just fascinated by the storyline and that, spoiler alert again, your final scenes, I was like sat there t in tears, like oh, bless 18 you. years later. <laughs> and I was sat there like, why did she do it? They loved her. They just didn't oh, love her like that. <laughs> so what yeah, was it was a funny... Like? Yeah, go on. Sorry. Oh, it was, do you know what? It was really exciting because it was a new show and it was... I think the only one, because it used to get mixed up in the first series, like people used to get it mixed up with teachers a bit, because it was the same, you know, Something sort of Something that I also just all... recently watched for the first time. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, you're making us feel really old now. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it was really exciting, actually, because it was, it was kind of a new show, and it was... You know, it was it, it? Yeah, it was. It was really. It was really fun. It was a lovely bunch, and we had we had a really good laugh. And it was it was a really nice. It's always nice to be in at something at the beginning, yeah, because it's very kind of make it your own. And um, and yes, poor Lorne, um, bless her heart. She um, yeah, she she was. It was to be honest with you. I was I was I was sort of quite glad when she she sort of decided she'd had enough because it was sort of every bad thing that could possibly happen to yeah. someone happened to her. And um, 
I don't think there was a scene by the, I think by the, near the end where I wasn't crying or um, it was quite exhausting actually. Um, but, um, but it was, no, it was really nice. And, you know, it was, uh, this is such a cliche. It was such a lovely bunch of people, but it really was actually. And, um, Tell us and who you hated. Really, oh, who did I hate? I didn't <laughs> really hate actually. I'm only um, joking. <laughs> no, no, Do you imagine you just start listing people? Yeah, just keep going off with a whole. Yeah, I hated them all. Um, no, they're all they're all really nice actually. There's some characters there definitely, and uh, but we we had a good laugh, and it was it yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and always nice to be at the beginning of a show because it you know it's it's quite nice to see something take shape, and so brilliant that it just went on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jason was the only last man standing from the original cast. Oh, I cried when he died. Oh, um, another, I, I'm just going to say spoiler alert: this entire podcast. Will be a spoiler alert for everything you've ever watched. Oh, I cried when he died, <laughs> when he fell off of that roof. Oh, oh, bless him! Horrible. I know, and I, I, I know. It's, it's, um, it was quite. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was really, it was really fun. Actually, it was really fun. Um, and we filmed in Rochdale, and then they moved it all up to um Scotland. Up near my able... end. Ah, is that where you are? I'm in Glasgow, but they filmed oh, in right. Greenock. So they filmed like maybe an hour away from me. Um, I, I know a lot of people who were like maybe a year above me in drama school that were extras. Oh, really? And I was like, I, I don't do extra work. I just do, um, you know, main speaking roles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm above the extra work. I'm really not. At any paid work, I will do it, please. In my emails in the description notes below. But yeah, I, I want to jump back a bit. Um, what I always like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your very first role? And it doesn't have to be a professional credit. We love a good nativity story. Anything you <laughs> want to tell us? Well, I suppose I always knew I want, it's what I wanted to do. I, I loved, I loved drama at school. I, I went to some quite horrible schools actually, like when I was little, little, I was still, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sort of at that age, age of the sort of like the beginning of the 80s when when um, people could there was no such thing as Ofsted and schools could be quite mean to children yeah. still. <laughs> um, and sort of the teachers were always really, really old and hated children and were still kind of left over sort of they were really old and they were still sort of left over from the sort of 50s and 60s and were quite handy with a, you know, a ruler and making you stand in the corner. Um, so I wasn't didn't hugely enjoy um mm. those particular schools that I was sent to and um anyway but I did always love drama and um it was it it was yeah and I I just I I thing is I always used to get cast as the shepherd <laughs> and I used to really annoy me because a it's a rubbish outfit and um <laughs> that's <laughs> the best thing I've ever had <laughs> it's oh. terrible it was like you know it's always like some people are like I'm I wanted to be the star because I am a star and they're like it was just terrible fashion <laughs> It was just awful. And I just always be like, oh, and a bloody shepherd again. And um, and I can still remember one of my lines, which which was Joseph smiled, Jesus slept and Mary was content. And I don't know why that has stayed with me my whole life. Oh. So, um, yeah. So so I, I sort of graduated from that. And then I sort of got into um, Saturday drama mm-hmm. um, above above Wimbledon Theatre. Um, and again, you know, it wasn't really cool for kids in the early 80s. Schools used to get cross if you had time off and celebrity wasn't a thing. And it was all a bit frowned on. And it was a bit kind of like, oh, why on earth are you letting your child yeah. do that sort of thing? So anyway, my parents did, bless them. And and um, and I used to do this drama class and I loved it. And then they sort of suggested I go on an agency and my parents would be like, oh, do you want to? And I started doing ads and stuff like that. And then, um, and then I did a film called A Summer Story. 
with Imogen Stubbs and James Wilby, who were baby actors at the time. They'd just come out of drama school, so they'd been in their early 20s. And I was 10. And that was lovely. And I had such a ball doing that. And then I did Narnia, of course, which is probably my yeah. biggest role as a kid, which was um, just amazing. And I had such a great time on that and spent a lovely summer with the lovely Tom Baker, which was um, a hoot. It must and, have been uh, such a hardship. Yeah. So I just feel very blessed, actually. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I feel so lucky as a kid at the time. You just sort of, you take everything for granted and well, you just get on with whatever, don't you? And you're just going, oh, yeah, yeah you know. And then when I look back on it now and um, in the olden days, we used to have rehearsals for telly, believe it or not. And there used to be a, a wonderful building um, the BBC had called the BBC rehearsal rooms. And you would go there and they would mark it all out like a theatre um, yeah. and you would rehearse and you would rehearse scenes before you film them. And often you'd, as a kid, you'd get in the lift at the BBC rehearsal rooms and you'd be in the lift with, you know, Ronnie Barker or Paul Daniels or all these people that you'd see on, on telly as a child, which some mm. of your younger audience won't know who those people are. But um, Look them up. But it was such a thrill and it was, <laughs> look them up because they're great and um and it was yeah and you really felt like you were an apprentice kind of learning learning your job I suppose and yeah. um yeah it was it was great it was great fun so it was all very different nowadays um but um but yeah it's been it's got it's been that long I, I always think it's fascinating when people talk about um like now that they used to have rehearsals and things because I think it was Nicole Barbalane I was talking to from Hollyoaks and we were talking about Julie Goodyear and how um, she left Coronation Street for a period of time. And when she went back, they had totally doubled their production schedule. They had yeah. like went from doing three episodes a week to five. And now there was no rehearsals. It was learn your lines, film the scenes, move on. And that must be like, did is there like a, a time where you can sort of remember that change? Because obviously you've worked in film and TV sort of um, your entire life yeah it was it, it was like oh yeah we can have a rehearsal and then you just went to the next job and it was like well we don't do rehearsals here yes yeah, so it was weird actually so Emmerdale they still did rehearsals when I when I um, was in it and it, I think it was only on twice a week then and and again we had we had all the studios in a little mill at the end of the road it's all obviously now moved to the to the sort of main studio um and we had a little rehearsal room and they used to do exactly that which is unheard of now because as you say it's very much bish bash bosh learn it yeah. do it move on um because they're churning out so much content you there isn't time to kind of mess about and and then i think it was pretty much kind of after that so we're talking like i think some mid 90s onwards it started to wane a bit and then people realized actually in some ways i think it's a false economy because i think things take longer I think mm. I think if, if people already come to a scene knowing roughly what they're doing, it it makes life a hell of a lot easier. And I I, I do think it's a it's a false economy and a shame. But yeah, it's just the way it is, and things are just now. You know, it's it's all about getting stuff done quickly. And um, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of it's a bit of a shame, really. I think because mm. because it's also fun to play, and that's why doing yeah. theatre has such fun. While I was doing my um, my research, or as I like to call it, legal stalking, <laughs> I, this may be wrong. Did you attend the Sylvia Young Theatre School? Yes, I did. This uh, podcast is slowly becoming like a reunion podcast for Sylvia Young Theatre School alumni and Guildford School of Acting alumni. Oh, okay. It's like okay. every second person from Britain I have on the podcast has been to one of those schools. Do you know what? Sylvia's amazing. She was amazing, and and she is amazing. And yeah, and, and yeah, she's she. she 
really kind of I mean you know nowadays where everyone kind of is is quite you know you you were definitely you you were prepared for a professional working working life in the in the theatre and and yeah and it was it was great and I loved it because it allowed me to do what I did you know if yeah. I was normal school then and I was and they they just didn't like it and they you know they're having the time off and all that stuff whereas it was great to be somewhere where they understood that and um you know you could go and do that and it was that was what you did yeah now I have a huge amount of respect for Sylvia because I, I think she's a brilliant lady and um and obviously she's she's produced a lot of um amazing talent stars stars um, for Britain what was the biggest lesson you learned at drama school? Don't be in a singing lesson with Denise Van Alton, probably. As in, she was really good. And like, used to, we used to have this brilliant singing teacher who used to stand there um, called Peter Roberts, who was amazing. And I was never really, I can sing, but I'm not, I was oh, never going to be a musical theatre. And he would go round and he would sort of, and then there'd be all these sort of amazing people in there who could sing brilliantly. And, you know, there'd be all sorts of people you probably recognize off the tv and what have you now <laughs> and it would go around and it would by the time it got to me I'd be so intimidated that this sort of squeak would just sort of come out my 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 mouth and he'd just look at me and go foul and move on to the next person <laughs> wow that's horrible <laughs> I know, but he was brilliant he was absolutely brilliant because a he was right and let's face it you know it's a tough business you're not going to get any um kind of pats on the back for being you know crap so yeah. um no I'm for it but he was he was amazing actually um he was a brilliant singing teacher and um and it was all about being professional actually yeah. it was about it was a job it was about being professional and being good at what you did and yeah hopefully mm. I saw them <laughs> one of my favorite questions I like to ask everyone and it's always a fun one is if you were booked to do one month in the west end in a two-person show and you could mm. pick anyone with no financial restraints to be your co-star and the show's going to be written around you too, who would you pick? Oh, who would I pick? My answer um, is always Catherine Tate and will forever be Catherine Tate. Who would I pick? Do you know what? I, I'd, I'd have a few I could think of, but personally, I think it would really love to work with because I think he is the most brilliant actor. And I remember years ago before... He, he he sort of came to you know sort of to be a national treasure is Matt Lucas oh such a genius he's amazing and he um I remember seeing him on um on on shooting stars as George Dawes and I remember I was saying to my agent at the time that guy's a star he just is there's something about him he's just really and obviously he was just doing all that stuff on the drums yeah and, and I absolutely and I I think he is brilliant. Um, he he's a really really versatile actor, and yeah, and I absolutely I absolutely love Matt Lucas. And who else? That oh god, there's, there's quite a there's a few that I sort yeah. of everyone's sort of got a list, you know. <laughs> yeah, kind of, and it's it's but it's a bit like that thing where it was watch your favorite film, and then you go, oh god, I can't bloody yeah. remember now. This episode of Drama School Dropout is brought to you by High Productions' newest stage play, This Is Where We Get Off. This Is Where We Get Off follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant, her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind, their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life, and their dog-breeding, sex-toy-selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? You can catch This Is Where We Get Off in Glasgow at the Webster's Theatre on the 21st of April or at the East Kilbride 
Arts Centre on the 28th of April with more dates to be announced. Get your tickets now at www.highproductions.co.uk. When we were talking about Waterloo Road, I, I didn't want to ask all the questions right away. Um, do you have one memory, like one standout memory from that time in your life? Do you know, it's fun. That's a funny one, actually. It was probably when I, well, weirdly enough, at the same sort of time after I finished the first series, I met my husband, actually. So so that that I always think, I always think of that, actually, because that, yeah, it was, that was it, that was kind of a lovely time. And I remember I was in Thailand when I, heard it was going to go to a second series i was in a tuk-tuk in bangkok oh i, I love tuk-tuks oh they're great aren't they we um, um i went on a school trip to cambodia and oh my god when, when we were 16 and i don't know why because they thought we were sensible me and two of my friends were like the sensible ones they were like right you can get on the tuk-tuk that goes in front and we'll follow and we like paid the driver extra money just to go a bit faster. And obviously <laughs> the Cambodian roads aren't like as like westernized as ours and they're uh, not the smoothest. Yeah. We're flying all <laughs> over the place. Like, oh, the teachers were like, what, what was happening? And we were like, we don't know, miss. We don't know. He just went mental, <laughs> put his foot down. Oh, I love the tuk-tuks. Yeah, love. But sorry, carry on. God, what a great school trip. Oh, it was amazing. amazing. That's the most amazing. I only ever went to Epping Forest. Cost us three and a half grand, though. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah. We fundraised a lot of it, though. Oh, did um, you? What did you do? We'd done a lot of backpacks. So I was um, in your Asda. Would, would you like your bags packed? Which, to be fair, I know how to pack shopping now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I pack, like, if I'm ever down at my mum's, I'm like, you're packing that totally wrong. Totally wrong. Why are you trying to put the bread in first? <laughs> But so we done a lot of backpacks. Um, me and my friend put a pantomime on. We wrote, directed, and I was the fairy godmother, which was a massive thing that really got me into acting. We're coming to the end of the podcast now, and I always love to play a game. One of my favorite things in life, and I'm actually um, what I was talking to you about my assignment. I've based my entire assignment off of this is crazy drama school or acting stories. They're my favorite things okay. in the entire world. So these, uh, I've got three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been sent in by our listeners. And then one of them has been made up by our producer, Heather. And I have the answer in a sealed envelope so we can play along together. And yeah, some of these are my favorite things in the world. Some of them are disgusting. Some of them are horrible, but some of them are great. <laughs> <laughs> number one i was in a dressing room with the rest of my class for, for our final year show at uni and we discovered that one boy had a very weird good luck charm he had a tub full of his fingernail clippings there was more than one clippings worth and it was a decent sized tub he insisted they brought him good luck but we all just thought he was weird from there on out number two me and my friend were on stage in a two-person show at the Fringe Festival, and we never left the stage. Halfway through one run, his nose just started bleeding. Thank God it was a funny scene, but all I could think to do was stick a tampon up his nose. It went down a hoot with the audience. Number three, I recently graduated from drama school, and my best friend got the raw end of the deal. 
Everyone in the in my class was given an offer by an agent and we were all buzzing. But after a month, we'd all been offered auditions and work, etc. But my friend had gone with a newer agent and the only job they were offered was naked attraction, which they declined. <laughs> so one of those is a big fat lie and it's our job to find out which one. Do you know what? I, I hope number one is the lie. I really hope there's not somebody out there sitting with a tub full of their fingernail clippings. Yes, I I would agree with that, actually. Um, I have to say, I do watch Naked. It's the one person, it's one of those shows that you can only watch with someone else to talk to. You wouldn't <laughs> yeah. like to sit there on your own and watch it because it's like weird. And obviously, and you know with Naked Attraction, the upshot is at the end of it, is what matters is how someone speaks and how they look. Yeah. And it's their face. It doesn't matter about the rest of them because yeah. you get to that later. So it's uh, so I, I so I love it and, and I sit there with my cousin Holly who's she's she's sort of about ten years younger than me and we just have a complete hoot and just go ooh, ooh make all sorts of goggle box type comments. <laughs> Came on while I was sat with my mum once and I was like turn this over turn it over now now. <laughs> I was like it's it- funny because it freaks my son out actually he um he's just like oh he shakes his head and leaves the room he's just like I can't I can't quite get my head around this yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the time that my best friend um did you ever see the film sex tape no no I didn't okay. no. so he went to see that with his mum thinking because it was Cameron Diaz it would be a comedy and didn't think that what happened was going to happen <laughs> so him and his mum went to see this film called sex tape and he said for the first half an hour, all they do is have sex, like the first oh half goodness. an hour of the film. Mm. And I was like, it's called Sex Tape. What did you expect? <laughs> what part of the title are you not yeah, understanding? Like, <laughs> and he was like, I just didn't expect it to be as graphic as it was. But yeah, that always reminds me of when um, when Naked Attraction came on while I was sat with my mum and I was like, nope, turn it, it over. Is, it, it is quite extraordinary. I mean, I, 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 do, I do still find it quite extraordinary the things that people will do to be on television oh british tv is the weirdest stuff in the world we watch people watch the tv yeah see that's extraordinary i mean i i I just i just want to go guys this is this is on television forever yeah this is on the internet now this is not like 1982 (laughs) yeah this is this is out there and i i still don't quite understand it I, I I'm literally honestly it makes me feel about 85 because I'm just like I can't get my head around I think you think I'm missing something here yeah. but um now I was saying it reminds me of the word years ago when they used to have that thing called the, the what they were called the hopefuls or something there was a show you might know what it was you're quite young so I don't know if you do but it was like a kind of late night sort of interview show and they had all sorts of people doing ridiculous things on and they had one one section which was called something like the hopefuls or the and they'd get sort of like people to do awful awful things it would be and the, the, the strap line was kind of people would do anything to be on telly and this was like the mid 90s yeah and people would drink cups of sick they do I mean it was disgusting and um it was the most bizarre it, but it was really bizarre and you thought well yeah. people really will do these things I got pretty far in the um, application process of the final ever series of Big Brother and oh, I didn't okay. I didn't get in the house, which I'm quite thankful for, actually. But I didn't realise that I'd ticked a button for just my information to be shared with every reality TV show under the sun. I have, um, there's oh, one wow. little producer um, that works for the TV show we were just talking about that keeps phoning me and asking me to go on Naked Attraction. And it's never going to happen, ever. Just why would you do that? Nope. I mean, why? They asked me to apply for The Circle. No. I got a phone call from the producers of that. And they said they were really interested in me and would I apply? And I applied and never heard anything back. 
But yeah, this one same producer keeps phoning me over and over again, trying to get me on Naked Attraction, and it's never going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that number one is true for this game. It's fake. I, I, mean, I hope it's fake. Fake, fake, yeah. yeah I hope mm. that's Heather's twisted sense of humour. And if it's not, I'm going to have to find out who it is and have a serious word with them. <laughs> it was number two. It was the tampon was the lie so there's some absolute weirdo out there with a tub full of his fingernail clippings it's extraordinary normally i'm nicer than that but no weirdo i mean that's but but, but also i'm intrigued as to how you would stand there because there's somewhere and i don't know where it is and it, it's probably gone into the skirting board or something how you actually that's quite concerted effort to kind yeah, of yeah that cut sounds them like and keep them and Yes, yeah, goodness I'm me. normally nicer than this, but if you're listening, whoever it is that has a, um, a tub full of their fingernail clippings, you're a weirdo. Stop it. Stop it, please. I'm suggesting they should possibly go on some sort of watch list. Um, I, I'm I suggesting yeah. they, like, go and get some therapy. <laughs> like, go and talk to somebody, like, <laughs> Samaritans or something like that. I don't know. Get help. Um <laughs> But we've come to the end of the podcast now. Sorry, I'm a bit um, like that. Sometimes one of them just gets me and I'm like thinking about it now, which I don't really want to be doing. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've had such a great time with you. Um, I know you said, I was just about to ask you, um, where can everyone find you on social media? But you said you don't do social media. No, I don't. I'm really sorry, everybody. Um, do you have no, a website so... or anything? No. Um, if you want to, if you want to write me fabulous letters, you can always write to my agent, and I do get them. They do pass everything I'll on. Put everything um, in the show notes below. Um, yes, if you if you want to put quill to quill to papyrus, then please, you know, knock yourselves out. Um, but no, I don't do social media. I just, I just maybe one day I, I will, um, but I, I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just um, as I'm well rubbish as at it anyway. Letters. I'm rubbish. People should just put £20 notes in envelopes just addressed to you. Yes, that's absolutely fine too. I have no problem with that I'll take the 10s. You can have the 20s. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. I've genuinely had such a lovely time. And if you're ever in Glasgow, I know where to get cheap, good drink. Not just cheap drink, good drink that's cheap also. Okay, I like the sound of that. That's, That's a deal. So if you're ever in Glasgow or Edinburgh, hit me up. Um, your agent has my email and we can get pissed together just not on a school night that'd be brilliant (laughs) I would love that (laughs) have a lovely night and thank you so much for coming on absolute pleasure take care thank you bye And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 62 completed. Thank you so much to Camilla for coming on the podcast. And make sure, I mean, you can't follow Camilla on social media because she doesn't use it. So make sure to follow me on social media. I'm on everything at Ingram Noble. All of the links are down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much. You don't even know and it's free. And remember, if you want to keep up to date with all episodes of Drama School Dropout, make sure to click that subscribe button so that you are notified every time a new episode drops. And it's out every Tuesday.
Tuesday. Remember that. And remember, if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Right, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. I'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode with one of EastEnders' best villains. So make sure to come back next Tuesday. Have a great week. Stay safe. I love you. Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama school dropout, thought your whole course, now try something new. Drama school 